0: Hello, welcome to Adventures in Angular, the podcast where we keep you updated on all things Angular-related. This show is produced by two companies, Top end Devs and Envoy. Top end Devs is where we create Top End Devs to get top-end pay and recognition while working on interesting problems and making meaningful community contributions. And Envoy, which provides remote design and software development services on a performance basis, so clients only pay for delivered tasks. In today's episode, we will talk about the Angular Renaissance. This is how they're mentioning this new movement. <laughs> so, yeah, Angular was recently rebranded, and we also got a new version, Angular version 17. So we have a lot of things to talk about. We're going to introduce you all on what is new, uh, just taking it from the top. And yeah, so my name is Lucas Paganini. I am the CEO of Envoy and your host in the podcast. Joining me in today's episode, is charles maxwood
1: hey folks it's been a little bit
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and subret mishra
2: hello everyone
0: all right okay so let's get into it so subret let's talk about the rebrand what do you think about the new angular logo
2: yeah, I think when I saw the logo first, I thought like someone just created. I I, I got it in my LinkedIn that Angular is created. I thought someone just cut it from the side and was trying it to animate it as a some gradient and something. But I saw that okay now Angular is also coming up with a new new document side and which looks pretty cool. Like if you go, they have a Apple style branding and then so scrolling effect and now it's I think angular going is a good way of catching the market again uh, hope like uh, with all these changes all this optimization with uh, angular 17 let's hope for the best and i like the i i like the old uh, one as well a little, little more but the new one is also quite good the
1: old branding you mean old,
2: old logo old angular yeah. logo it is a simple material design now it's a shiny logo but yeah
1: i i thought my opinion would be unpopular i like the old logo a lot better than the new one but <laughs>
0: yeah whatever yeah it i mean i am still a bit divided the new logo looks really cool but i just feel like it looks like a lot of other startup logos that are trying to look cool, and the old logo had this classic look to it. Uh-huh. It was just, it was just classic, you know, the red shield with an A. But at the same time, I completely agree that they needed a rebrand. And yeah. like, I'm not gonna lie. This week, I think it was Monday, I opened up LinkedIn and I saw. Um, those pools on LinkedIn, and somebody was making this question if you were to start a new project right now, it's a personal project, you have full autonomy over the technical decisions. What would you use for the framework in the front end? And the options were nothing, it was React, and the third option was Angular JS. And I was like, dude, really? <laughs> oh, it's 2023. Like shots people are tired." <laughs> yeah, it's like people are still are still like not getting that Angular and AngularJS are completely different things. So um, even though it sounds like we should be over this problem by now, I actually think this rebranding and distancing ourselves from all that can make people identify Angular as if it were AngularJS, I think it's for the best. So, yeah, I'm on board yeah. with the change. But yeah.
1: yeah. The idea of doing a rebrand is different from having a logo that ha- looks like a second-year art student made it. That—that's. I'm just
0: saying. Oh, shots fired! No,
1: I—I I, I really don't like it, but <laughs> not my decision. So,
2: I like someone just slept and opened. uh, oh, this is fine. Cut it, cut it, cut it here. <laughs> this is the logo.
1: Right. How much no, can I, I do in th- five minutes? Done. <laughs> Gradients,
2: awesome. <laughs> yeah, but uh what one thing I was uh, th- searching about posting it my it to my channel, and I was trying to download the logo, but it's not. It's a gradient. It's a SVG now. <laughs> so either either you can like if you have an animated logo, you you have to upload the SVG. But that's a thing though. But yeah, rebranding yeah. is re- required, and we should we should yeah, hope in SVG, that you read. can
1: open in photoshop or something, yeah, or something yeah yeah you can get away with that that's not a major issue for me
0: no okay so what's
1: new besides the colors
0: yeah Let, let's get into the other stuff let's see if anything pleases you chuck <laughs> 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 okay i so don't let's... have
1: any opinions
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's get into the new docs so we are not going to rely on angular.io anymore we have a new website with a new domain and now everything is over angular.dev so a couple of pros and cons just so that we can summarize Um, it seems that now we have interactive tutorials which is cool and they said that they revised the entire thing i'm saying those things in, in, in that way, instead of giving certainty, just because I myself haven't taken the time to actually read through the entire new documentation, I just skimmed through the website and it looks good. Um,
1: it looks really good.
0: Yeah, it looks it looks better than the the old uh, website. And what I really like is that when they were announcing this new website, they said that they revisited the entire documentation to make it way easier for people to get started on Angular. And they also made sure that every lesson was contained in itself. So for example, if you want to learn just how dependency injection works, you can read only the lesson about dependency injection. You don't need to read anything that came before. So they they made it in a way in which it requires minimum amount of context from the lessons that are in other Sections, So that's really good for people that just want to like a quick handbook to consult how a particular part of the framework works. I think that's a major leap forward. I really, really, really like that. And one cons is that right now this new website is still in beta and it doesn't have all the features that the other website had. For example, translations. There are no other languages. Everything is just in English. And there's no way for people to go to GitHub and add other languages to it. Um, In their defense, in the old website, it was also not super easy. Like people would have to clone the website repository to create versions in other languages. So it wasn't super easy. And Minko said that, they are trying to make it easier this time, so they. I'm thinking that they are going to do everything in the same repository, and just kind of have the different languages sitting up there as Markdown files. Probably, um, that would pro- that would be much better. But unfortunately, we don't have support for that yet. And I totally understand. Like they're just releasing the website; they don't want to make it too rigid. Because like structural decisions like this make it harder for you to make changes to the website later on. But at the same time, it, I'm not sure if I agree just because like they just released it. So everybody's excited. So um, I feel like this would they have enough momentum that asking for people to create translations, would probably work really well right now, just because everybody's talking about it. So that would be a good moment for them to ask people to create translations, but nobody can do that yet. So yeah, that's one cons but everything else that I've seen so far are just pros. Yeah,
2: yeah the one one thing I liked a lot is the they have a now they have a playground option and in that if you go to the Contour flow, and it shows that how far Angular came. Now we within only one file you can host your application, like only main.ts, and that's all. So now Angular is going in a like a modularized way, or may, you can say like how minimalistic way. Now new people coming to Angular, they don't have to learn about modules, a lot of things. They can start building it, and on in process, uh, they will learn a lot lot of things.
1: Yeah, I think they're using stackblitz for that, aren't they? But uh, it's it's pretty slick, yeah. Because it's yeah, it's building and, and injecting dependencies for like polyfills and stuff. But yeah, I I really like that piece.
2: And here you like, can... like
1: you said, it's all simplified too.
2: Yep. And here we can write it, everything build our application, then down download it, then. Push mm-hmm. it. so that option is also there so yep. you always didn't, did not not have to uh, start from the scratch
1: yeah I also like that there's a key command for search um, mm-hmm. and then it, it does dark mode my computer's on dark mode so it went to dark mode automatically but I'm starting to like websites in light mode better <laughs> even though I like my computer in dark mode don't ask me why But um, it just, a lot of that makes it a lot simpler. Just, you know, the the command K for search and then any other key commands that, you know, you expect to work in other systems tend to work here. And so that is pretty approachable. Um, To your point, Lucas, with the translations, yeah, every translation is a bit of work. Um, I was gonna joke and say they should just put it in Google Translate, right? It's yeah. Google, right? <laughs> but but the reality is is yeah, you you want it to be correct, and Google Translate mm-hmm. isn't always. So um yeah. What would be interesting too is if they got bona fide translations going and then they could maintain their momentum by saying, Hey, now we have a French version, right? Just let everybody know. Hey, we've got the French version. Now we got the Spanish version. Now we've got the Japanese version. Now you're right. Because then every community is going to be going, yay, yeah, you got to us.
0: So that's a good point. Yes. So they can still do that. That's a yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. And well, in terms of the website itself, before we actually get into Angular version 17, another thing that I also liked is that at the bottom of the side menu, they also added a section for, well, there are, there are a lot of new sections, a lot of new lessons, but there's this new section called Extended Ecosystem. And I thought that was so smart because there's more to the extended native ecosystem of Angular than just Angular Material. But unfortunately, a lot of people think, they're like, oh, there's Angular, there's Angular Material, and everything else is just third party. Uh, So now they are adding all those other extended libraries to this Angular.dev documentation, which makes it really clear that they are supported by Google itself. So we have Angular Fire, which is to work with Firebase. We also have one for Google Maps, another for Google Pay, the YouTube Player. And then we have the traditional ones like the Angular CDK and Angular Material, as well as some other stuff for service workers and PWAs. So I really like that. It's like a it's a nice call to action for people to go beyond what's just on the core Angular docs and learn more about those other things that they might want to use in their applications too.
2: Right. Yeah. I think one thing I would like like to maybe in some future some some maybe Angular or React they will also integrate uh, some AI with it and people will go to the doc and say, I need this application and then they prepare application and give it to them.
1: That reminds me of when I <laughs> first got started freelancing. Um, so i I was doing Ruby on Rails and Twitter, when it came out, was written in Ruby on Rails. They've moved a lot of their stack off into other pieces, depending on anyway. So I would get emails from people that said, hey, can you write me a script that would That will be a Twitter app.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I love talking to people that want to build a tech business and have no idea how it is to code. Well,
1: the other thing that gets me though is it's like, look, is there any other part of business anywhere where if I could crank you out a Twitter clone in two days, that it would be worth anything? Because anybody wanting to compete with you can do the exact same thing right <laughs> the The profitable businesses are the ones that are out there yeah they make it easy for you to do a thing but it's not trivial to copy what they did
0: exactly exactly yeah i don't know why <laughs> but yeah uh, okay so in terms of the last new thing is a new version of angular so we have angular version 17 now and that was actually released today. So the website was released Monday, but Angular 17 was released today, a few hours ago. Uh, but we already know what's in it because they said in the in the launch of the new brand Monday. And let's go over what's new. So first, we have much a much more improved build performance because now. ES Build and Vite are no longer just experimental. They're actually stable bundlers. Oh, cool. Yeah. And if you replace Webpack with Yes Build or Vite, you're gonna get um, I don't even know it by a head, but it's like maybe 90% faster. It's like yeah. something egregious uh-huh. like that. Just like much, much, much faster.
1: I think it's funny because people I've heard some people bagging on Webpack, you know, now that we have an ES builder of EAT. But the reality is, is that Webpack kind of opened the gate to this whole thing. So you have to give them a ton of credit and then recognize that, yeah, we want faster builds. And so we're going to use a different tool now because there are better tools. But yeah, props to the Webpack folks for solving some of these problems early.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Definitely, definitely. They, as you said, they opened up the gates. Um, and the only reason why other competitors can differentiate themselves just because they are faster is because Webpack already differentiated itself by having mm-hmm. all the features. So everybody right. else can just say we have the features and we are yeah, faster. The plugins. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But it's really nice that we have that. This is definitely gonna improve the overall developer experience. Which, by the way, I was already feeling that it was much better. I was. I was getting like less than one second um hot reload when developing oh. on the latest versions of angular so now that we have this other um build modules i'm just, I'm guessing that this will be even less noticeable so yeah
2: some milliseconds yeah
0: <laughs> exactly exactly I and think also this is like gonna be... sorry go ahead you
2: no know, I'm saying that uh, with with this we they have also like have a eighty seven percent Rendering, 67% client-side rendering. So after you build also, when you're rendering with uh, some Angular universal or something, that that is also quite fast now.
0: Yeah. Uh, So I'm going in a good direction. I feel like the most noticeable performance improvement now, it's going to be in uh, continuous integration. Because if you're just developing locally, I don't feel like the speed right now is a problem. but when you actually send your code and you open your your PR and then you have to wait for your continuous integration system to build and run all the checks and tests, then Mm -hmm. that still takes up a while. If you have like, uh, at Onvoid, we we generally use NX to organize Mm -hmm. all of our Angular code bases and then we can break it into smaller pieces and we can use caching for all the individual pieces. So when we send something to CI, It builds up much faster because it's only building smaller parts of the application instead of having to rebuild the entire thing all the time. But still, um, it's still not blazingly fast. Like I would say it takes um, a minute and a half to two minutes on average for our Angular uh, libraries to build on continuous Mm -hmm. integration even with part of them being cached so if there are, if there's no cache i would say that it takes like two minutes to two and a half on average so i really like the idea of speeding things up on ci i think it's going to give us a much faster feedback loop because sometimes i got to be honest sometimes i send code to ci and i go make some coffee <laughs> you know <laughs>
1: It's like that XKCD where they're fencing and the boss walks by. Like, what are you guys doing?
0: Oh, it's the build. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I think now it's, what, it's
2: pretty good. Yeah. Like I think uh, we just uh, to have a, a look on like how Angular is growing. I think before Angular nine or something till Angular nine, people are saying, yeah, Angular build is." We have very high high amount of. Uh, Initial bundle size and that is reduced. Then IV came. Then then slowly standalone everything. Now with Angular 17, we have control flow. Now so now Angular is also making how flexible you want to write your code. It's in, in your way how how you can divide your code to a different function and use them as you like it. It's I think it's removing the rigi- rigidity from Angular. And giving more flexibility to the developer. And that's uh, that that's a very good way which Angular is going. I think 17 is the might be a very big release in terms of Angular ecosystem.
0: Yeah, let's talk more about that. So built-in control flow. It's not really a new feature itself, but it's a it's a way for you to clean up your code a lot. And yeah. it's also gonna make it much more easier for beginners to get into Angular. So now you don't need, and let me be clear, it's not that you can't. You can still use ngif, ng4, ngSwitch, mm-hmm. but you don't need to use that because right now we have built-in uh, functionalities for these. So you have a built-in at if statement. You also have else if and else already built-in into the Angular template uh, language. So you don't need to import the common module and use ngf, ng4, ng switch. You can get rid of those unnecessary elements or ng containers that you are using just to provide control flow. And they are also faster. So they are also faster. But I think the main benefit is not really the speed, it's really the syntax. It's just much clearer to read and understand. Um what how the component is being rendered and in which steps um, things are being rendered and now what is actually new not just like a synthetic change but an actual new feature is the verbal views and it goes yeah. on top of the new built-in control flow so it's using the same syntax um, as if for and switch statements but it's it's a different thing like we don't have a way, like an ng-deferrable view, you know, like there's no that right now on Angular 16. But we do have this at defer uh, command right now, which is going to allow you to tell your template that parts of it should only be rendered after a given asynchronous condition happens. And this asynchronous condition can be one of the presets that they have, like once the component is on the viewport, once it loads, like you have a bunch of triggers, but you can also have your custom triggers. So you can say when this property is equal to true or when this array is not empty. You know, you can have things like that to indicate that the request that you made to the backend was successful, the data was retrieved and now you're ready to show it. So you can put the parts of your component that depend on this data already being available inside a deferred um, condition. And then you can give it the condition of when that part of the deferrable view is supposed to be rendered and is going to be rendered when that happened. And it, it also has a lot of other utilities, right? So right, like uh, you now have a very declarative way of of, um, of, saying like what should be showed to the user when the data is being loaded, or you can even add, what's it called? Like that template that you show when you don't have data, but it feels like you have the components there. I forgot the name of it. Placeholders.
2: Pl- um. Yeah.
0: You can also show these placeholder components uh, and, and it's so declarative. It's really, really easy to understand what's going on. You even have a section to, to tell what happens if there's an error. So that sounds really promising. I really liked this defer statement.
2: Yeah, I think by using up uh, viewport and by uh, differential loading, by defer loading, it, it, it also, like, I think going in a, way of which angular has uh, in in future in mind that change detection will work as a view basis like currently it's working as a component basis so on on your component if you flag if your component is flagged it will be registered for change detection then the whole flow is run. then now you can convert that to so in future what will happen they will convert each suppose a for loop or a, a if statement to a view and that view only be re-re- re-rendered, not the whole component. So I think this is the new way, the starting way, and that, that is only possible with uh, standalone-based component and, and with signals and everything. So so I think in a lot of things yet to come in 18, 19,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and everything else, I think we can put it in a box of developer experience um, so I'm going to just list some of the other things that we have. But honestly, there's just so much here that uh, we're probably going to have to do other episodes to get yep. deeper into it and actually show examples and be focused on each of them. But just so that we actually have a complete uh, podcast where we list all the, the new things for you. Um, the other things that we have are like improvements to server-side rendering So there are performance improvements to server-side render and there are also like quality of life improvements. For example, right now, before Angular 17, if you wanted to start a code base from scratch and add Angular Universal to it, you needed to do just that. You needed to start the code base and then add Angular Universal. There was no way for you to just already start with Angular Universal setup. It wasn't super hard to set up Angular Universal, but it was that extra step, right? And now you can have that already in the CLI. So you can start a new project and use dash dash SSR and it's going to already start with Angular Universal. Also, they renamed it. So it's no longer called Angular Universal. It's called Angular SSR, which is much more. Yeah, (laughs) it's much easier to understand. (laughs) I, I like the idea of Angular Universal because... Um, when it originally came up, the idea was to have Angular running in all sorts of environments. So it wasn't like just for server-side mm-hmm. rendering. It was supposed to provide all the necessary structure to make Angular run in any environment that you want, So which is why it was called Universal. But the truth is, we over time, we really only used it to do server-side rendering. So it just makes sense to call it server-side rendering. And if you're going to support other platforms, you can have modules or packages that have the names of, that, of those platforms specifically. So for example, if Angular ever uh, releases a native way to build hybrid apps, I know that we already have Ionic, but if Angular decides to release a native version, instead of using Universal and putting all those platforms into the scope of Universal, they can have like an at Angular slash mobile, for example, Mm -hmm. which is also going to be much easier to understand. So I like this movement of calling it Angular SSR. Um, Then we also had some other improvements to debugging. So now we have dependency injection debugging in DevTools. So the Angular DevTools now has a dedicated page for dependency injection, and you can understand where your instance is coming from. And also, if you were not able to, to, if Angular wasn't able to provide an instance of what you wanted, like how it traversed up to the, the root uh, node and all the steps that it went to get there. So you can see if the module that you're providing this dependency uh, is not in this hierarchical tree and you can understand why you're not able to inject the dependency that you want to inject so that also helps a ton and yeah like a lot of other quality improvement one that I really liked I really like but I I want Subret's opinion on this one (laughs) so let's see Subret have you taken a look into the um, how do they call it I think it's transform Uh, input value transforms. So it's basically like you have, you know, when you have a button and you want to have like this disabled parameter, but you don't want people to actually have to set up a value to it. It's like just the mere presence of the disabled attribute should already tell the component that it is disabled. But the thing is, for you to support that, um, that syntax, we needed to convert the existence of this attribute into a boolean to indicate if disabled was true or false. Uh, And that added up other boilerplate to the code base. And now we can do all of that with a single uh, natively supported way to transform the input. But I wanted your opinion, Subret. Like, do you think the way they did it is... Yeah, I'm just wondering about the signature of the function itself and the way in which we we build those transformers have you had a chance to take a look at that
2: i have used that though in in angular 16 if you pass uh, a transform attribute uh, to the to a input and pass in the, that to the corresponding component and and there you can just put it there uh, uh, with but yeah it's a required actually how it, people should do it because i Saw a lot of sites, they just put it disable and you go and change, remove that part and it re enables it and you can go and fast forward. So, the first thing is, you should not do that. Like, you should not have an option to oh, have a user can edit in the HTML and then just pass the pass it disabled. Uh, second way is, yeah, I think the input way is uh, good in terms of passing the state from parent to child and all. I think. Uh, but I guess uh, it's not on the 17, right? So I uh, uh, it started with the 16, I guess. Or these came with 17 because I remember uh, using it 16.
0: It it actually came like officially came on version 17.
2: Okay, we this on one 16 here. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah mm-hmm. Maybe that was it. Um, I really only only saw it on on Angular 17, so mm-hmm. I don't think we had that. On 16, what we did had on 16 was Angular Signals, which now, if I recall correctly, they are officially stable, mm-hmm. right? Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. All
1: right. I've got to take off. Um, if you guys want to keep talking, and Lucas, if you have the end stream button in the top right corner, you can keep going. Otherwise, I've got to wrap us up.
0: Okay. We can keep going. I have it. Okay.
1: You have it. All right. Well, um, this was fun. Really cool. Um, Looking forward to good new things to come. Uh, Sorry, folks, I got to bail. My kids have a, my daughter made the honor roll. And so they're having a thing at the school. So anyway, go ahead and keep talking and we'll uh, catch y'all later.
0: Okay. Thanks for joining. Thanks. Yeah, I
2: guess about the transform, I guess if I remember, uh, transform of to Boolean or transform, like now you can pass, it will check your input type um, on, the, on the, suppose you're, you are passing a string and somehow you are uh, passing a number to the to the input. That also transfer will help that, okay, it's a Boolean, it's not a number. I think earlier, earlier it was not. It, uh, you will get it only on uh, runtime, not on compile time. That's also another, another, but I think it's it's came with uh 16. Maybe I'm wrong with I have used experimental, but I've used it 16.
0: Mm, okay, okay. Um, what else, Brett? Do you think there's anything here that because we're definitely gonna have to do other episodes getting deeper into yeah. how to you have to use it
2: uh, like, like a hands on develop some change some app with Angular 17 and try to try to do it i i i took I think ngrx also maybe release with new 17 maybe maybe they have already released or or maybe to tomorrow or day after tomorrow they will release that super quick with a version so how it integrate with them and all the things there are a lot of new things to do and as every six months we are getting new versions so this is maybe for, for you guys who are w- watching us or listening to us like it's just a new version rather than things like okay, every six months I have to learn new things. It's not like it's just an addition of a slight uh, small approach. So if you just keep listening to uh, to podcast or start uh, doing a project you, yourself, like slowly you will learn everything. You don't have to put so much pressure on yourself but I have to put so and read the docs just to know what uh, what all in angular 17 so focus on your product and you'll learn the technology at the side effect
0: definitely definitely i think that was a beautiful disclaimer for us to to start wrapping things up is like don't get afraid of it is not a new framework it's yeah. still angular um but
2: a new logo though
0: like yeah it's a new logo but um th- there are not too many major changes the thing is it's been a while that angular itself is new right mm-hmm. ever since uh angular 13 14 15 it already had this feeling that it was a much more modern framework somehow there was like this big leap from versions, uh, like when we were upgrading from version like 7 to 8 to 9 to 10 to 11, it didn't felt like we had many like big changes that would change the way in which we actually code Angular. There were a lot of improvements, definitely, but it didn't felt like it was really catching up with the other stuff that was appearing in other frameworks. Mm -hmm. But since Angular 13, we really started to get momentum. So the fact that they rebranded it now doesn't mean that Angular 17 is like a new thing. But I would say that ever since Angular 13, it it just feels like a new framework.
2: So, yeah. yeah. Like if you are on Angular 8 and want to upgrade to Angular 17, then you might spend some time and uh, go through everything and try to check like, if it's not breaking something. But if you're on Angular 14, 15, or 16, I, I I don't think it will break anything. We just need to run ng-update and it will work.
0: Definitely. Definitely. It's going to be a breeze. And yeah, like going to the promotions, I'm Actually, gonna use this as a segue because Mm -hmm. if you are in the situation and you need to upgrade your code base, then feel free to reach out at envoy.com it's unvoid.com because we definitely can help you out with that. Uh, And we work on a performance basis, so that means that you're only going to pay for our work when we actually deliver the work to you, so there's no risk, you're not going to pay hour, for example. Oh, um, if we take longer than we anticipated, that's our problem. That's not the client's problem. So the client is always in a much safer position uh, when they're working with us. So if you're at all interested in either outsourcing a project or augmenting your staff, uh, you can check out unvoid.com. We are currently available for new projects, but I'm not sure for how long we're going to stay that way because we really have a maximum of projects in which we do concurrently because we understood that if we do more than that, it starts affecting our our output and we don't want that. We want to be known as a company that delivers outstanding quality and not a company that has like thousands of clients. So, yeah, if you're interested in that, go check out unvoid.com and we can schedule a meeting. How about you, Sibret? What would you like
2: to promote? Yeah, I think nowadays I have a little bit pause. It's not not to, I think it's, the blame is on me though, like a, a little pause by from posting some videos. Sorry guys for that. And I think nowadays I either I need to post a very long video or maybe shorts. Uh, and that's what uh, trending right now, YouTube, YouTube is not promoting. And after, I, I guess after chat GPT, uh, people are searching less on programming stuff so they are getting the answer from chat gpd yeah we saw a decline in uh, stack overflow traffic we saw a decline in google search or uh, maybe searching two particular um, things but yeah but it's it's you know, how it is so so i will try to i think i'll try to have like the first podcast each 2 i'll try to some Add some more podcasts and try to build with it. And I'm planning to schedule them and uh, launch them. So, uh, yeah, if you if you would like to go to my channel, my channel name is Funafuristic. There we over there we have uh, plenty of videos on Angular, a lot of stuff like Angular PWA, Service Worker, working with location, and, and lot of things. So you you just go and check that. And please keep the comment if you like it. If you don't like it, scroll me, say that I don't like it. So I'll try to make it better, but please check it.
0: Yeah, I sent a link to your YouTube channel here on the on the comment section. Comment,
2: yeah.
0: And we got to get used to that, right? It's, it's weird having a comment section. I wasn't used to that when we yeah, were yeah. just recording the podcast. Um, but now that everything is live, it's it's nice to have that, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm I'm also putting on Void's website there, so if anyone wants to wants to check out. But yeah, again, just to reiterate, like really, guys, if you like the content that we produce here, you're definitely going to like Subret's channel. His content is really good, and there's just so much that we can do with on uh, a podcast because even though we have this video version on YouTube right now we always try to be mindful of all of you that are just on audio so we try to avoid really showing code and depending on visual things to to get our message across but subret has none of those limitations in his YouTube channel so it's much easier for him to explain some of the concepts that might be harder for us to do here just because we are in an audio only format so highly recommend, check out his content. And it's definitely not just for beginners. He has a ton of yep. very advanced stuff. He has things that I check out eventually and I learn new things. And like, I'm not trying to say that um, that I'm a complete expert in everything, but I would say that I'm pretty advanced. But still, there are a lot of things that I learned from Subred. So I highly recommend.
2: Thanks, man. Thanks for the nice words.
0: No problem. It's easy to recommend when the content is good. All right, uh, let's start wrapping things up. So, yep. thank you, everyone, from for sticking with us. Uh, we really appreciate all of you with us for so long. We are approaching the episode number four hundred. Like holy
2: shit.
0: yeah, <laughs> that's so yeah. much content. So much. Yeah, content.
2: I think I joined around two hundred or three hundred. Uh, I joined the uh, podcast around 300, I guess. So I, I had, a, I, I was a guest uh, and then I then I joined the podcast. So I think it's a long journey. I think that it's all uh, could to go to Chuck's like he's doing it for maybe 12 years. He's a podcast king. Yeah. yeah. Everyone should learn something from, from him you can you can discuss with him like day in and day out like just discuss with him about podcast and and he will be
0: definitely definitely but at the same time like uh i i i'm a super fan of chuck's commitment to this because yep. it is a very long a very big effort to keep this up for that long but also a big shout out to everyone that actually listens to us because we wouldn't really be here if there wasn't an audience. So thank you so much and consider this an early thank you as we approach episode 400. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks, everyone. I'll see you in the next one.
2: See you guys. Bye-bye.